welcome to Master the Start, a podcast for young professionals where we interview business experts on how you can master the start of your life and business. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Master the Start podcast. We have someone that I could really relate to today. I had a man, I just have so much fun with this podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Today we have Chris Mead on the show. He actually is one of the founders of a company called CrossNet. And if you haven't heard of it, you should check it out right now, number one, because it looks like a super fun game. But if you don't have a computer in front of you, I'll tell you a little bit about it before we hop into the episode. CrossNet is actually a newly invented four-way volleyball game founded in 2017. We're going to kind of dive into the very, very fun story about three childhood friends who came up with an idea that really intrigued them. And just so you guys have some context, they're only 25. So this is pretty awesome. They made this idea and the popularity of CrossNet has been growing week after week. And there are just a ton of fun facts on how they started at zero and they developed it into an idea that's now worth millions. CrossNet already has their exact product in 2,500 plus schools, which is super cool. And we'll dive into that portion of the story. And the big thing is that I just cannot believe they're already in 25 plus mainstream offline and online retail chains. That's super cool. And when we dive into how that happened, (laughs) it's just funny. You know, if you're an entrepreneur or you're someone that started something as a hobby, you're going to be able to relate to this entire story because it is fantastic. So without further ado, here's Chris. Chris, welcome to the Master of the Start podcast. We're happy to have you on the show. Happy you reached out. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I think like just to start, let's just start out with who in the world is Chris Mead? Am I saying your last name right? Yep, that's right. All right. Who are you? Let's dive in from that end first. Yeah, I'm a 26-year-old entrepreneur living in Miami. I have founded a company with my brother and our childhood best friend. Uh, we've invented a four-way volleyball net. So we were up late one night, stayed up to probably like five o'clock in the morning thinking of ideas. And a four-way volleyball net was one of the last items on our list of ideas. And it turned out into reality. <laughs> were you always an entrepreneur? I have to ask because yeah. I'm a 26-year-old entrepreneur too. So we're in the same world, yeah. kind of? Uh, I, uh, I went to school for film. I went to Quinnipiac uh, in Connecticut, where I'm from. And I graduated with a film degree. Quickly, I was working at HBO in New York, like on film sets, making pretty garbage money uh, while I had a crazy student loan debt. So uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, it, was just, it just wasn't going to work. So I got into sales uh, right after college, after the film stuff. Ended up working at Uber, the headquarters in uh, Chelsea in New York. So I was an account executive there, selling to restaurants and really like got some pretty good sales experience. And then at the same time, I'd be coming home, like engine, like working on CrossNet, trying to make it like a reality. And eventually we stepped away from Uber and made it a full-time gig. So you were working full-time at Uber and working on CrossNet? Yep. So what, what were the hours every yeah, week? So what did that look like? Yeah, I'd be getting up at like seven o'clock in the morning, like getting ready for work, getting on the train. I lived in Brooklyn, so it was like an 
hour and 15 minute train ride. So I'd be like answering emails, building my website on my phone, like working on CrossNet, get to the office at nine o'clock, work till six, get home and work till like midnight and then rinse and repeat for like six months straight. Wow. You built your website on your phone? Yeah. Like, I mean, building that, answering emails, like building like the UX and all of that. So <laughs> what did you build your, your website through? Oh, uh, we built it through Shopify. Through Shopify? Yeah. I feel like it'd be so much slower on the phone. Oh yeah, a lot slower, but <laughs> got an hour and 15 on the train every day going through Bushwick to Chelsea. Like, there's something so, to do. Gosh, I, I have so many questions because I just love the whole idea of having to work two things at once. Um, number one, I have to ask for all those people out there that are balancing a full-time job yep. and they're pursuing their part-time hobby, how in the world did you not lose your mind? Yeah. Um, I think it's because our hobby, my hobby was a lot more interesting than my full-time job. I was super passionate about creating CrossNet. I knew the potential. And like, I remember just like getting an email or a phone call and like having to step out to use the bathroom. But I'd be like going hush-hush into the bathroom, like taking a call for CrossNet. Like, oh, we got into another store. So it was, it was, it was difficult to manage. Uh, but I knew as, long, as soon as I had enough financially, like kind of stashed away to li- live on for a few months, it was time to step away. So is that what you, you gave yourself bandwidth of a couple of months? Yeah, I had a, probably about less than 5K in the bank account. And uh, I moved to Miami. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make it work. Like uh, I have experience doing photography and video. I was freelancing, really good at building website design. So I had excess cash coming in from other avenues. So I figured I'll just make it work. There's better, no time better than the present. So Gotcha. Yeah. So why, why Miami? Yeah, we were living, I was living in New York. My brother and our friend Mike were living in Connecticut. Uh, right now it's freezing cold and we wanted to start a volleyball company. So we we're like either Miami or California. Our families are all on the East Coast. So it kind of just made sense to, to move to Miami. Gotcha. So you yeah. guys, is your brother and best friend in Miami now too? No, uh, my brother actually moved to San Diego and our friend Mike just moved to Colorado. So we're all spread out. Really? Yes, everyone's on on a different time zone. How does that work as a partnership, being in all a a bunch of different places and working remotely? Yeah, it's a a good uh, dynamic. I mean, sometimes it's a little difficult. I'll have, uh, like in the morning, I get up, I start working at 8 or 9 o'clock, and they're still sleeping. So, like, I get, like, two hours of grinding in, but they're working while I'm sleeping. So, it's a nice – we have people – working at all different hours, which is nice. So we have more coverage on that end from customer service to like actually getting work done and being productive. And then midday through the, the day, we'll, we'll do, we'll meet quickly for like a meeting or we're always in constant communication. Gotcha. So let's actually dive into CrossNet a little more. So you guys just come up with CrossNet on a whim. Yeah. And how, how do you go from, well, number one, what are you guys doing in sales a year? Yeah. Uh, right now, we're about to hit like 2 million this year in 2019. That's solid. And you started it when? We started it in the end of Q4 of 2017. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty solid growth. Yeah, pretty good growth. So how do you go from random idea to 2 million in sales in 18 months? Yeah, uh, it's been fun. So uh, let me start. We, had, we sent out a... Pretty much at first, we were like celebrating, jumping up in joy when we got two sales a day. Like, yes, somebody bought the product. We made about $10 collectively amongst all three of us to split. And eventually, 
Uh, we finally got really good pieces of content to monetize on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Uh, originally, the content we made, we're not volleyball players. We're not expert volleyball players. And nobody makes a better volleyball video than volleyball players. So eventually, we got some really high-quality videos. Uh, and then we were able to kind of just monetize them and drive traffic. Uh, people see a four-way volleyball net in their newsfeed, and they actually stop. People don't have a lot of time these days. Like, they just keep scrolling. I'm infamous for just scrolling through and ignoring everything. But if I see something I've never seen before, it's going to get my attention. Hmm. So you use social media at the beginning for monetization? Yeah, I mean, we still do. We crush social media. So just paid ads? Yeah, a lot of Facebook paid ads, a lot of Instagram, a lot of Google. Um, we are on about 20 plus different platforms to sell our products. We're on Target.com, Walmart.com, Jet.com, Wish.com, Home Depot.com. Uh, I think we'll come on to Macy's in a few weeks. So we're, wow. yeah, we, we kind of dominate the volleyball search, certainly dominate like Foursquare volleyball. Uh, so if you're looking for an outdoor game, we're pretty much crushing it on the online side. So our name's going to pop up. Wow, that's really cool. I want to go back even further. So where were you when you came up with the idea? We were in Woodstock, uh, our hometown of Connecticut. Small, small farm town. So were you guys just at home? Yeah, we were at home. Or like just, he, Mike came over and he's like, I want to invent a product. He just graduated Northeastern. He's an engineer. So he's kind of the brains behind like the orchestra, like the design of the product. And we were just up late. One of those nights where ESPN is just on in the background for about 10 hours straight and you're watching the same episode over and over. <laughs> And we were just jotting down ideas. And that was the, the best one. So how, how did you pick your idea? Uh, we literally just checked off like, this was garbage. This is garbage. This is garbage. And we're like, four-way volleyball. That's not garbage. Let's, let's Google it. And nobody had done it before. Hmm. So how do you go from that idea to actually having a tangible product? What did you uh, guys do? Yeah, so we woke up the next morning. It was probably at five in the morning. We went to bed. Woke up the next morning, went to Walmart, which is like a 45-minute drive from our house. Bought two volleyball nets, tied them together in our backyard, like rigged them up against the side of my house and my garage, invited all our friends over. And we're like, all right, let's uh, incorporate Foursquare with volleyball. And we're, we love basketball. We're, we're big basketball players. We're like, let's make it win game to 11, win by two, like street rules. And we just played for hours. <laughs> it was awesome so uh next stop was like making a blueprint and kind of like putting something together in cad uh researching kind of manufacturers that can make our products and make it for an affordable price signing some ndas and about a year's work of actually getting the product into america and, and prototyping it up hmm. so you ended up using someone out of the country how uh how was that first and second experience dealing yeah. with that stuff? Um, it's, it's difficult at times. Uh, when we were kind of locking down a manufacturer, we unfortunately could not find somebody in America to make it for something that we could turn a profit on. Uh, one day, we'd love to have a, a USA-made product. Of course, that would be great for us and be great for our lead time and all of that. Uh, but right now, it's not a reality unless we want to spend charge 3x for the game. But uh, the actual experience itself has been great. We found a, a manufacturer that uh, kind of works on our time zone. They wake up, they're very responsive to our, our messages. They have great communication. So locking down a partner that you could trust and have open communication with 
and flexible terms has been really important for us. Hmm. That's super interesting. Did um, I'm just trying to think through the whole process and how fun that had to have been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one. when did you guys, well, first off, when you received your product for the first time, was it everything you imagined? Not at all. Yeah, I, I think it didn't even stand up properly. I remember like actually falling on us. So we like, set up the net and it would just like collapse in. And I was like, that was our first run and we need product insurance. Somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> so mm. uh, yeah, the, the game did not stand up properly. The tension strings, you have to, there's strings on each side and you stake them in kind of like a tent okay. uh, because of gravity works that way. So you need, <laughs> you need tension strings, but uh, yeah, working on that design. And then eventually we, we decided we needed this game to be able to be sold to moms, kids, and also adults. So over time, we've made our product now height adjustable. So you could click on the side with pull, like there's little, a little peg you click in and you could simply adjust it to men's professional volleyball height, women's, and then also children's all in like a click. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you're constantly changing your product. Yeah. Um, we were constantly changing our products. Our gotcha. final product we've been selling with no changes besides nice inserts and marketing inside the packaging. Uh, I want to say for about eight months now. Cool. Yeah. So I, I should have started with this, but explain exactly how CrossNet works. Like how, how, what are the rules to the game? How do you play it? Cool. So it's a combination of four square and volleyball. You have four squares with the net, one person in each square. You, uh, you designate the squares one through four, four being the highest square and the person who serves. There is an outer boundary and an inner boundary. And the four serves directly across the net to the two. The two then returns the ball anywhere they want, only one hit per attempt, trying to eliminate the person in the higher square. Hmm. So if the four survives, they get a point. And you keep your points. Your whole job is to get the four out and you rotate clockwise. Wow, I might need to play that. Yeah, so it's a a nice competitive rally. Games could last anywhere from five minutes up to we've had good like 25-minute, 30-minute sessions. And then we're seeing a lot of utility where volleyball players are using it to warm up and incorporating like three, two to three hits instead of just the one-hit rule. So they're working on like their bump set spikes, Hmm. which is cool. Wow. So I need to ask, who was your first sale? And do you remember the first sale? That's a good question. Uh, besides our family and friends, no, I, I don't remember our first sale. I should probably look that up, though. <laughs> but was it an online sale? Yeah, it was definitely an online sale. That must have felt pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. Until we found out we probably lost about $90 on that sale. But, really? Why? What yeah, happened? Probably with our terrible like Facebook ads back in the day, it was probably like a $170 CPA on a $150 product. But uh, we've learned since. That, that's pretty cool. How, I mean, going back to the social media marketing, how do you decide who to target, what platforms you want to run on, how much money you should throw towards marketing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's tough. What, what does that look like? Yeah, we're, we're very frugal. Like, we're, we're, we're so frugal. The whole company was started with our own money. Like, we didn't go get an outside investor. Between the two of us, three of us, we just kind of scrapped up 15, 20 grand to like really start this. 
but we start super small. We like, we'll spend 50 bucks. If the 50 bucks gives us a return, then we'll double it to a hundred. We're not one of those companies that like, let's just throw $50,000 into the market and see if it sticks. Then we'd be bankrupt and we'd be homeless. So <laughs> we started small and then we scaled it up. But uh, we found that over time that the family demographic killed it for us. Moms love buying the product because their children love buying the product. We're in about 2,500 schools right now. People are learning how to play volleyball on our nets, which is a crazy like concept that gym classes across the world are playing my game right now. So yeah. kids are coming home from school being like, hey, mom, we played this awesome game I never heard of until two seconds ago when my gym teacher whipped it out. You need to go buy it for me for Christmas. That's brilliant. Yeah. What made you start going through schools? Uh, I remember in school learning volleyball, and it would be about 10 kids on one side of the room, 10 kids on the other, and I would just hit this ball back and forth, and it was the most boring thing. I hated volleyball growing up. Like the learning how to play volleyball in gym class was historically not fun. <laughs> and I remember when we were eight years old and there's seven kids on one side of the net, seven kids on the other side of the net, and only two kids got the ball. And you'd be sitting there, standing there, doing nothing in the gym class. So now kids are playing on this net and everyone's like involved. Everyone's getting balls coming at them, getting spiked at, having to return it. And everybody's having a much better time in gym class. So it just kind of made a lot of logical sense. So did you just show up to a school one day or did you email every school in the nation? Did you? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I started emailing gym teachers and we started getting awareness from social for gym teachers to kind of come inbound. People were loving it. And then eventually we got enough kind of school sales organically. I reached out to a bunch of the big catalogs. So every gym teacher gets a catalog every semester. So a hmm. few big ones are called Flag House, Go for Sports, SNS, Toledo. Uh, they're big ones that I did not know existed prior to, to getting into this. I reached out to one of my friends who's a gym teacher back home. And I'm like, tell me how I would sell to you. So reached out to them and they ended up putting us like pretty much on the homepage of their, their catalog, like the new featured section. CrossNet was in there and it circulated to thousands of gym teachers every day. Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. So how did you get on the front page? They just love the product that much? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's not too often somebody creates like a, a really cool product, right? Like how many times can you make a basketball net cool or make a new golf club? Like there's never a brand new product or new sport that comes out. Uh, yeah. I've been playing the same beach game since I was five years old. I love Can Jam, the Frisbee game. But whenever it's windy at the beach... I can't play and I have to sit there and tan with my girlfriend for 10 hours. So now I have something to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely get that. <laughs> then, so you did schools, you did online, you also did big retail. Yep. What did those discussions look like? Who was your first big, what was the first big retail yeah, that, that's partnership? A good so our first big retail partnership uh, I, I want to say probably three months into creating our company, probably before we even really had inventory, I got an email. Uh, I emailed a buyer at Shields. Uh, it's a big sporting goods store in the Midwest. Actually, I think they're in Minnesota too. Yes, they uh, are. I emailed him. He responded for whatever reason, and he bought 16 units for two stores. Uh, I shipped them out. Never heard back for about, I want to say almost a year. They were just sitting there. 
And then randomly when our marketing really started like getting ramped up, um, I just randomly got an email from him and he says, I don't know what happened, but we sold out of both stores within 24 hours. And he's like, I'd like to place orders for every one of my stores. We then sent him orders for every one of the stores. And then we sold that at every store in the nation within a week. Holy crap. Yeah. So that was a good feeling. So how many do you send to a store? How, how does that relationship work with a large retail chain? Yeah. So typically with a large retail chain, our product is rather large. Uh, that's one of our biggest uh, arguments that we get back. It's almost two feet long and weighs about 20 pounds. So there's not, it takes up a lot of shelf space, right? We're fortunate that the outdoor games market typically isn't too exciting. There's the same staple products that you see there, but n- new stuff doesn't come out too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they purchase anywhere from eight to 12 at a time, depending on the location. If it's like a hot beach market, we'll see people bring in 50 to 100 units just to kind of last them through the summer. Uh, but yeah, typically eight to 12, we ship them out next day. If they need more, we have them on demand. So they pre-purchase everything. Yeah. We have pre-purchases lined up throughout July of 2020 already. Jeez. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Um, so I'm curious, what, what was the, what did that first email look like to Shields? Do you remember? I could probably pull it up. It's probably like, Hey man, we invented a four-way volleyball net. I think your customers would like it. Check it out. <laughs> let me know. And he wrote back, yeah, my customers would. Let's buy 16 of them. And I think that was our first like over $1,000 payday. That's that was, awesome. Yeah, that was, that was great. So is it currently only three of you guys running the business? Yeah, three of us. And then we have a team of freelancers. Oh, okay. So what do your freelancers do? Uh, whenever something pops up, uh, like, Right now, I have a freelancer outbounding the podcast, so we can talk more to get more for us. Uh, we have a team of graphic designers creating content. Like we have uh, Black, sorry, we just had Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and now we have Cyber Week um, graphic designers. We have a Facebook team, Instagram team, uh, people reaching out to physical education, coders, site speed, SEO, Google AdWords. There's people all over the map working for us right now. Wow. So I, I have to ask then, 26 years old, you're the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah Chief Revenue Officer. Oh, okay. Yeah, co-founder. Yeah. So what do you, what does a day in your life look like? Yeah, um, it varies from time to time. I just got back from the Starbucks. That's across the street. I love that. But uh, <laughs> day in my life, I wake up around nine o'clock. I'll go to the gym. Uh, typically till 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I'll start working around 11, 11.30, checking emails throughout the morning, though anything that I really need to prioritize. And then right now during the holiday season, my chief concern is our email marketing. We have subscriptions of over 70,000 people on this email. And I know every time I hit send, we're making a lot of money. So those emails need to be the highest quality that they can. So I have a team of copywriters, graphic designers, email experts creating copy, and I just need to make sure that they're going out on a consistent basis while dealing with 
the fact that more and more people are ordering and our inventory at our warehouse is shrinking. So working on getting more units available while also planning future retail deals that are happening in February. Hmm. So that's a lot of you always, a lot of organization just got a freelancer paying me 10 seconds ago. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So all of your freelancers, they're all remote. Yeah. They're all remote. Where, where do you find them? Uh, so I use this company called FreeUp, uh, freeup.com. Um, my first boss, Nate Hirsch actually owns the company. He just sold the company, but him and, uh, him and his buddy Connor, uh, we went to college together. So they created this network rock stars. I literally type in anything I need. And 10 seconds later, I'll have five requests from people who do it. Yeah. So, their yeah. company is pretty good. Yeah. It's really good. And I've just really like, as a three person team, we've learned like, there's no better thing rather than wasting time trying to do something that I know I'm not good at. I'd rather pay somebody and pay somebody reasonably to do the job 30 times better than I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once we had ex- excess of cash, like kind of going, I see the ROI on that. So if I'm going to pay a graphic designer a hundred bucks, but it's going to bring me in more money, it's worth it all day long. Yeah. What, what is your current, like, what's your biggest struggle at this moment as a growing business? What, what's the hardest thing to manage? What are you guys, yeah. What are you guys yeah. struggling with most? Unpredictability uh, of orders. We will sometimes wake up not wake up, excuse me, sometimes go to bed and we'll have 75 orders. And other nights we'll go to bed and we'll have 275 orders. So it depends on the day. It depends on how much we're spending on Facebook. It depends on the seasonality that we're going through. Obviously like September and October are a bit slower because nobody's playing volleyball, but now people are looking for a holiday gift. So it's really popular. So dealing with unpredictability of sales while managing the warehouse and making sure we have enough units on demand while making sure we have enough cash in the bank to pay for the units when our manufacturer is making them while worrying about holidays and making sure that they're going to be shipped here on time. All right. That's a lot. lot. Yeah, it is. That's a real lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. So I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would assume, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you're one of these few entrepreneurs that are making a fortune at 2 million in revenue, but I think a lot of people make the assumption like you've already made it. Yeah. So what, what would you say to those people? Like, Not true. are you making a ton of money or are you just trying to survive? Yeah. Uh, happily, we have a lot of money in the bank. Uh, our bank account is very nice. I look, on it, look at it and uh, I'm thankful. But uh, we, we certainly do not pay ourselves a lot of money. Um, there's days where we do get like big paychecks from big sales and we know, hey, we deserve a nice little, I deserve a vacation. I'll, I'll take a thousand bucks out. So like mm-hmm. we, we take out enough to survive and enough to pay ourselves well. But uh, we're certainly not, I'm not driving a Mercedes Benz. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I do, you, do you keep that money in the account just in case everything goes wrong or... What's the reasoning behind staying yeah, lean? Uh, yeah, the reason behind it is literally just unpredictability of we're growing so fast and new people are reaching out for our inventory every day. We just got a purchase order last night while I was at the airport for 4,800 cross nets. 4,800 out of the blue. So 
that means I have to cough up the money to make them and then wait 60 days to get paid. So that's why I'm thankful we have the money in the bank to create it so we can make more money on the long term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's quite an order. Yes, it is. That's always, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Very good. Do you, are most of your sales through big retail now or is it still online? Yeah, we have a lot of, so we have a distributor uh, called Retail. Very, very good partners of ours in Nebraska. Uh, they manage our Amazon, our Target, our Walmart, our Jet.com, our Wish.com, blah, 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 20 other channels. So they handle all the customer service and all the distribution for those channels. And then we handle all of our .com business and other retailers that are not associated with them. So right now it's about a 50-50 split. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think you will maintain that 50-50 or do you want to be more online? Do you care which? Um, our whole goal for the company, at least mine personally, was it's such a prideful feeling walking into a Dick Sporting Goods or a Target and seeing my product on the shelf. Like that's, that's a feeling that will never get old, I don't think. So yeah, I'd love to be in retail. I know tons of people shop online. I typically shop online, especially for a 20 pound product. I don't want to lug around a 20 pound product. So <laughs> Online sales will continue to blossom and, and make a lot of sense for our company. Uh, typically, we probably make the most sense on our .com. So we'll drive traffic to our website all day long. But if people want to fall off and buy on other channels, like it's my job to make sure we're there on every channel possible. Gotcha. Yeah. What is your advice to someone that might have been in the same situation as you at Uber? Maybe not super in love with their job. Yeah. They want to explore other options. What do they do? What should they try? Yeah. Um, in my situation, I was very frugal. I stashed up enough cash, like I said, to, to live for three or four months. I had a backup plan. And I also knew that I have a job right now. I'm getting paid well. And if I didn't try, I'd probably be living with the regret of, oh, I should have tried for the rest of my life. I think that feeling of regret or what would have been regret would have honestly haunted me for the rest of my life. If I saw my friends like building CrossNet without me when it was an opportunity that I could have jumped on, that would, that would be the worst feeling. So I could always get another job. My re like, just like anybody else who's an aspiring entrepreneur, you're at a job right now, you could go get another job. Uh, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be a company looking for a valuable employee. Well said. I really like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the whole partnership because I'm really interested about how your guys' dynamic works. Yeah. Did you guys all have very different skills and dynamics? Like yeah, 100%. So, so, what are the roles? My brother runs all of our social media. So, he's like a whiz on like Twitter and Instagram, just getting followers, getting organic growth. Well, I'm really good at capturing them, capturing the emails and turning those into sales. So Greg, my brother, Greg runs, he's the CEO of the company. He runs our customer service team. He runs all the social media marketing, all of that, and pretty much everything in between. While our partner, Mike, uh, he engineered CrossNet and is working on future prototypes and future adaptions. Hmm. And he handles all the manufacturing, importing, all of that. To people, for people that are listening, I... 
I want to go back to social media. I want to go back to capturing through email. I think any person that runs a small business, any person that might be in corporate America, I think everyone's kind of wondering, how do you create a a decent social media campaign? And really, I mean, if you could touch on that, what you guys have seen that works, and is it just the fact that you have a great product? And then if you could follow it up with, how do you actually capture? Like that's a, that's a big piece. Yeah. A lot of people ask me that. Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it was because we have an awesome product. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with it. I mean, somebody sees a four-way volleyball on it. It's like seeing an alien. Like you click on it and you're like, what is this? So you, you automatically go to our site. So at first we, had, we run ads on two, two demographics. One being a millennial like myself looking for a fun competitive game. And then secondly, on older parents looking to buy something for their children that would get them off their phones. So, and get them out into the backyard. So we have a very high quality video of Olympians playing on the net. And then we have more evergreen mom and pop playing on the net of what you'd actually see in your backyard. So we run ads on that. We get people to come to our site. We immediately motivate them by offering them a $10 discount, which is, does affect our margins, but I'll take a sale over no sale. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we also then have, when people try to leave our site, we then offer them a, di- a different discount to try to capture them. Our whole goal is to capture their email and then get them into our funnel where we could then, where I have set up automated messages for them to get plugged every few days. As hmm. soon as they sign up on our website, they get an email with a discount code. A day later, they'll get an email saying, hey, did you use that? Here's why you should use it few days later they'll get oh you're missing out like look how much fun this game looks you're you screwed up you should have bought it and so i'm constantly giving education around why you're missing out why you should be having fun and why you should not be on your cell phone and you should be out in your backyard having a blast Hmm. are you fooling around with that funnel constantly or have you guys just found a model that works no i'm changing it every day so every day i'm like testing subject lines testing if an emoji works better here if it works better here just the stupidest things I'm spending my time on, but at the so end you of the AB test everything. Yeah. Then how do you measure it? Uh, just my clicks, open rate and money that comes through. And you do it through what platform? Uh, Clavia. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to link that in the show notes. Yep. Pretty expensive, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, really? it's good. yeah, it's super expensive, but it's good to have that data. They're, they're good partners. We just migrated over to them. Gotcha. But, uh, they give us a lot of flexibility around just, I mean, I saw the other day we made money off of a shipping confirmation email. Somebody thought our shipping confirmation email was cool because I have some witty jargon in it. And somebody clicked the link back and made an order. Like that was the easiest money I ever made. Yeah. So you guys fool around, I'd assume with the social media content all the time too. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying our, our biggest, not biggest struggle, but one of our, uh, prerogatives for 2020 is to really just get everything on brand. Sometimes we're putting up lack like crappier content. We need everything to have the same color scheme, same branding, uh, and really hone in on those two demos, the, the parents and also the competitive side. Hmm. So, Gosh, I, it's such a cool business because yeah. it's so new. Yeah. Like it's so different. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. A lot of fun. I think, uh, before I let you go, I think we'll just hop and do our quick fire questions that okay. we ask everyone and maybe we'll find some tangents off of that. Um, 
we have a random question that our audience asks to any guest. If you had to delete every app on your phone, but three of them, what three apps would you keep on your phone and why? Good question. Uh, Gmail, because I don't make money without Gmail. Uh, Shopify, because I can't track how our company's doing. And Twitter, because I get my news from Twitter. So you're a Twitter guy at 26. I love, I love Twitter. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a rarity up here in yeah. Minnesota. That's a for sure. Yeah, no, I, I keep, keep in touch with my sports teams, the, the music, everything on Twitter. Cool. Yeah. All right. Second one is what skills does a young professional need to have straight out of college to be successful? Know your value. I was in a job when I got out of, out of college. Like, it was so bad. Like, I, wake, I, wake, I woke up every day just really not wanting to go to work. And I knew that I was, like, I was crushing the job, making very little money, and providing a lot of value. And the company was not willing to like reward that. And there's no worse feeling than waking up and spending 75% of your day being unhappy. Like there's only so much time to like actually live. And I know that's just like so stereotypical, but it's the truth. If you're waking up and you're miserable, fix it. It's only on yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think so many people feel that. Yeah. It's just tough to put in practice. It is. It's so hard. And I feel bad for people that feel yeah. that. And I, I think tough. everyone can invent a four-way volleyball net, but like, that's true. <laughs> it's tough, but they still can create happiness. Exactly. Like they can go search for new opportunities. 100%. And I think it, I'm sure since you've experienced it yeah. and I've also experienced it, you have a lot of people that you talk to trying to motivate them just to make the change. Yeah. And I'm sure it's super hard because, I don't know, I see it as a relatively easy thing to do from the standpoint of if you have a job, wow, you are so lucky that you're getting paid to go explore whatever you want to do that will make you happy. And I think about like us as entrepreneurs now, like I'm not necessarily going and exploring a bunch of other things because I have a lot to run. Yeah. And you probably feel the same way. Like, if I could get paid to keep doing this just for fun on top of that, sounds like a great deal. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So third question, what do you believe needs to be sacrificed for success? If anything. That's a good question. Um, Sacrifice for success. A lot of times we, over the, over the years, we've seen friendships. And, and not sacrificing friendships, there needs to be a separation between we are friends and this is a business and you're, we're now working together as colleagues on this. Uh, that comes to play when it's me and Greg, my brother, working on the company and also Mike, our childhood best friend. There needs to be times when this person is, excels in this area and you need to, you need to trust each other. Uh, that's that's that definitely been one of the hardest parts of running it very large and rapidly growing company is separating friend versus colleague. How, how do you do you gotta structures have in place? Yeah. You got to have trust. We, yeah, we do have structures in place. Like for example, Mike is in charge of manufacturing, engineering the product. Who am I to tell him who graduated with an engineering degree 
how to design the blueprints in CAD. I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to let him have the autonomy to do that. If there's feedback that's glaring and like, oh, he missed that. Like he's man enough to accept. Yeah, I did miss that. Thank God you caught that. But uh, really just having the autonomy and trust has gone a long way. And knowing that these are the avenues we work on every day and we've got to where we are by trusting each other. Were you guys always at that point where everything was addressable when there were mistakes? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's sometimes where like, just as anybody bottles stuff up, but eventually it comes out and it sucks for a week, but you get over it and you move on. And we know we have a rocket ship that's con- constantly growing and we need to just, everyone needs to be very candid and straightforward. And, and that's the best approach. That's awesome. I've, yeah, I've had a lot of problems with that in the yeah. past for sure. Last question. What is one life hack a student of business should apply to their life this week? What is one actionable thing they can try in the next seven days that might change the way they think or the way they do business or the way they live life? Um, I'll give you two. One, negotiate on everything. Try to save as much money as possible on every single thing. If somebody gives you a price, give them a lower price. They'll probably take it and you'll save money. Two, hmm. connect with as many people as possible on LinkedIn. If you're not using LinkedIn, use LinkedIn. You can meet the smartest people on there that will change your life with a simple email. I emailed one lady the other day and I said, hey, I really love your writing. And I got on the homepage of Forbes two weeks later because of the connection I made with her. You never know who you're going to meet. Holy crap. That is crazy. Yeah. So I guess so this week, negotiate a price every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And make seven connections or make like 700 connections? As many connections as possible. I love it. I love it. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Unless you have something else you think you, you want to add. No, I think um, that you didn't talk good. about. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if anybody ever has questions or just want to have a heart to heart, reach out. Chris at crossnetgame.com. Happy to answer any questions. Uh, yeah. Entrepreneurship can be lonely. And it's nice to have other people to like learn from. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. It's been fun listening to your story. And no problem. Good talking. Cheers. All right, guys. Bobby back with you. Wasn't Chris fun? It sounds weird, but I could have just talked to Chris forever about his experience. And I just thought the story about CrossNet, awesome. Super exciting. So... I actually don't want to make this all that long. I want you guys to get out and start doing your own thing because it's just awesome when you're running your own business or pursuing something you genuinely love to do. So I'm going to let you go enjoy your week now. Listen, like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. Check us out, all of those platforms that I always say, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify. And uh, we'll see you next week. Once again, another great guest coming. Season two is just a bunch of fun. We'll see you soon.